Welcome to the A Day at DPL Thought Leadership Podcast. This educational series explores industry trends and best practices, providing advisors like you with critical insights to better serve your clients and grow your business. This episode features an exclusive interview with academic and professor of retirement income at the American College, Wade Fowl, and founder and CEO of DPL Financial Partners, David Lau. So Wade, you've written a new book called Safety First Retirement Planning, in which you talk about blending insurance with investing. What are some of the topics and general themes that you've written about in the book? So this is my third book, and it's part of this series where I've talked about there's these two different schools of thought. And so the book that had come before was the probability-based school, of using an investments-only strategy for retirement. But I really think the more efficient approach is that more integrated strategy that includes insurance and investments. And so this new book, Safety First Retirement Planning, about the Safety First School of Thought, it's a book explaining that process about how you can walk through and, well, I could fund retirement with bonds, I could fund retirement with a diversified portfolio, or I could use annuities. And so then I walk through and explain, well, how do simple income annuities work? How do variable annuities work? How do fixed index annuities work? I also look at incorporating life insurance into all that as well. And then put together, well, how can you use a partial annuity strategy? How can you bring the annuity into the plan? And how does that impact the the financial outcomes in terms of meeting spending goals and funding legacy goals as well? And, And I find repeatedly, no matter how I set it up, that a more integrated strategy with investments and insurance and annuities really can help build a better retirement outcome. Yeah, it's a terrific book with a lot of great information, particularly for those who are not as familiar with annuities as others. And so many advisors have been, for their entire career, all they really know is stock bond portfolio mix. And this really gives some insight about how you add to that and expand really beyond a simple stock and bond portfolio mix to include the various types of annuities. And there are different types of annuities. And the book took a lot longer to write than I was originally anticipating. A lot of that was I really wanted to dig deep into explaining clearly how variable and fixed index annuities work so that people can understand the underlying process and mechanics. Because I think that's very important to then understanding how it's not just like a a magic bullet or I mean, something. how does this thing work? When I think of building a retirement income strategy, there's basically three ways you can look to fund a spending goal. And I like to break those down with, you could just use bonds, and then you're spending principal and interest. You could use a diversified portfolio where you're hoping to add risk premium, the idea that stocks will outperform bonds. Or you could look at an annuity where you're adding risk pooling, the ability for the short-lived to help subsidize the long-lived, which can really raise the standard of living for everyone in the risk pool by letting them not have to base their retirement outcomes on worst-case scenarios, but more average types of scenarios. I like to make that comparison in terms of, well, bonds are the starting point. It's going to offer the lowest spending levels. The power of risk pooling is such that it's really competitive with the stock market as a way to fund a retirement spending goal and really speaks to the value of including stocks and annuities in the overall retirement strategy. Bonds are the least efficient way to fund retirement spending. And when you have a a low interest rate environment, you're just not yielding much on that portfolio. And people are worried about outliving their money. And bonds create the problem of 
well, how long should I make that bond portfolio last? I'm not going to get upside. And I mean, there could be occasional small decreases in interest rates that help give you a capital gain on your bonds. But for the most part, you're looking at some spending level. And the longer you want that money to last because you're worried about possibly outliving it, the less you can spend and you don't have any other mechanism to spend more. Adding that risk pooling and mortality credits to the bond interest rate as a way to be able to spend more in a way that's competitive with the stock market and often can, can do quite well, relatively speaking. So Wade, when we look at you know, your three different categories of how you can generate retirement income for a client, you know, one of them is a bond only, and we'll, we kind of talked about that. And then you have the total portfolio approach of using the entire portfolio to generate income or the annuities. So when you look at that investment-only approach, how does it compare to that use of annuities along with the rest of the portfolio? The total return portfolio approach relies on using an aggressive asset allocation and having the stock market do better than bonds. And when that happens, allowing for more spending. And there's really this notion out there in the investing world. And I think a lot of it goes back to just simple examples you see where they say, well, if you invest $1,000 a year and it earns 8% a year, you'll have this much by your retirement date and so forth. So much of the thinking around investing is you'll have this fixed 8% return every year, or sometimes it's 10%, sometimes it's 12%. And certainly, if you got that kind of return, you'll be in good shape. But the reality, especially in retirement, when you're not investing as aggressively, when you're taking distributions, and that fundamentally amplifies the impact of investment volatility, you don't have as much opportunity to earn those high rates of return. And annuities then enter the picture as an alternative means to spend more than bonds, allowing you to fund more spending through the mortality credits, the subsidies that go to the long-lived in the risk pool that help them to manage the joint risks of not knowing how long they're going to live and not knowing what kind of market returns they'll face. And the idea that it's very easy for stocks to beat an annuity, it's really not the case. That annuities with their risk pooling is a very powerful source of spending that investments simply don't provide. Behind the scenes of these annuities is common investment principles, uh, but they're done, one, by an insurance company at very large scale, and two, then done with the benefit of risk pooling. The insurance company can take an investing strategy that the advisor would already be familiar with and understand, but integrate actuarial science into that and risk pooling. And again, that's just the idea that when you have a large number of people, you can afford to base outcomes more on what's average, whereas an individual on their own has to be worried about a worst case scenario. And that's why the annuity can help contribute to better outcomes since it doesn't have to be so conservative. It can pull that risk across many people. Thanks so much for joining us. We encourage you to check out our website, www.dplfp.com for more information about commission-free annuities and other resources. Be sure to join us next time for our episode featuring another interview with an industry expert.